It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. No, 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 Fox Sports Detroit crew. Thank you for broadcasting our game. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 8th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, coming at you admittedly a little late, but on today's episode, we'll chat about the Magic's win over the Detroit Pistons in preseason action and what the Magic's strong preseason showing says about the team and what they have to do next. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a minute. In just a minute. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's podcasts covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every team in the NBA with the same lo- that covers their team with the same level of care and detail that you would expect from a local expert like me. Whether it's looking back at the Detroit Pistons and listening to Locked On Pistons or looking ahead to the Atlanta Hawks and checking out Locked On Hawks, you can get the lowdown on whoever the Magic are playing next or your favorite second team, because the Magic are clearly your favorite team, uh, by checking those podcasts out on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also download Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball to get your fantasy basketball fix, as well as a national perspective with uh, local hosts as well. Um, but check all those great podcasts out, plus NFL, college, MLB, and now NHL too. You can find these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic came into Detroit trying to build off their win over San Antonio. It's, it's preseason, so you don't care so much about the results. You, you look for little things and little signs. And like I said uh, in recapping that Spurs game, there were some really good signs. Uh, mainly the bench just went out and dominated. The starters had some really solid moments and put things together. And the question for Monday's game against the Pistons was whether the Magic could do it again. Whether the Magic could keep those pieces all together and show some consistency. Because, of course, one game is a fluke. Two games is a pattern. And it's about, as as Coach Clifford kind of says, or as I usually say, it's really about doing the, the same thing every single day and being consistent and and giving the same kind of effort. And the Pistons definitely brought a different challenge than the Spurs did in a lot of ways. But Orlando passed that challenge once again. And it wasn't just about the bench and it wasn't just about anything else. It was, again, the starters having some moments of struggle, no doubt. Defense was not all the way in tune. But the Magic certainly got in tune quicker than the Pistons did, or for longer periods of time. Are the Magic regular season ready? Not quite. Nowhere near it, in fact. But they certainly seem like they are ahead of the game. And we'll talk about that in just a, in just a moment, but let's focus in on this game. Orlando gets 13 points from Aaron Gordon in the first quarter. They go on a 19-2 run to take over the lead, similar to the run that they had against the Spurs to really take control of that game. 
And from there, Orlando's able to hold off and keep Detroit from making that, that killer run to take back the lead. Detroit did tie the game late in the second quarter, but Orlando goes on a quick run to end the quarter, to end this the first half, that gives them the lead for good. And Detroit was not coming back. Orlando's defense was pretty good, I would say, for a second preseason game. Sure, there's still some missed rotations, still maybe some guys getting used to where they need to be, but overall, Orlando was challenging shots and making Detroit play, uh, play very difficult. Detroit really struggled to get themselves going. And that, of course, is exactly what the Magic want to see. That is the number one thing at this moment. Detroit overall shoots just 33.7%. 10 for 37 for me on the arc. And Dwayne Casey, after the game, said he was not happy with the team's shot selection. That's as much a product of the Magic's defense as anything else. Orlando's length gave them problems. Orlando attacked the glass really well and forcing 22 turnovers, or correction, uh, 19 turnovers, including grabbing eight seals. Orlando was able to get out in transition and get their running game going. Now, some of that transition play was a little sloppy, and I think that's, that's something they definitely need to continue to work on and build upon. But Orlando, once again, looked extremely good. Whether it was Aaron Gordon, who was driving into the lane with patience after an early bit of struggle. I think he missed his first three shots as well as, uh, as, well as uh, two free throws. After struggling a bit early on, Gordon ramped it up. Gordon ramped it up and, frankly, dominated a lot of the game. Whenever the Magic need, needed points, Gordon found a way to score them, whether it was off the dribble or in transition or off cuts. And Orlando got a lot of really good play from other parts of the roster. Whether it was you know, Markel Fultz providing a nice spark, and, and we'll talk about him here in a minute, or Jonathan Isaac kind of filling up the box score. The Magic, once again, got contributions from everywhere. The Magic, once again looked pretty tight offensively, I would say. I really like the flow of their offense. And I think that that's something interesting. I think the offense has changed a lot. There's a lot of comfort within the offense. And I think the team is moving and and, and getting the ball out quicker. And it's still, I think, a habit that has to be developed. And I think that's something that this team will continue to develop throughout the preseason. Uh, but, But the team seemed to be playing at a pretty high level. And then defensively, I think the Magic started to get themselves working. Certainly for long stretches, the Magic were pretty sound defensively. The only thing the Magic really have to do at this point is cut down on fouls, but 12 turnovers in the second preseason game, that's pretty darn good. And, you know, four of them coming from Marco Fultz, who's still working his way back into the lineup. I think that's pretty good. And I think what has to happen next is the Magic have to find that second gear, that next gear. Because they're already clearly operating at a very high level for the preseason. The final score, the Orlando Magic defeat the Detroit Pistons 115-91. to And before we dress this up with with the stats and talk about individual player performances, I want to make sure I dress you up really well. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. 
Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter Locked On at checkout. Again, that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. Enter Locked On at checkout. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Individually, let's talk about individual performances here. Run through the box score a little bit. Um, this was a really encouraging performance in a lot of ways for the Orlando Magic, uh, especially the Magic's young players. I think, I think the fact that we got a lot, we got a good look at that that core four guys uh, was was really key to this game. Now, Aaron Gordon, the first guy you got to talk about, twenty five points, ten for seventeen shooting, three for seven from beyond the arc, eight rebounds, um, three turnovers for him. The only the only maybe down mark on him, and I would say his three point shot selection wasn't the best either. Um, but overall, once Gordon got into a rhythm, he was really good. And, and I think he kind of figured out his shot wasn't quite there early on. And so he started to attack the basket. And I was really impressed with the way that he attacked the basket. He went right into Andre Drummond's body. He was able to draw a few fouls, miss some of those free throws, but draw a few fouls. He was able to kind of get to move Drummond out of the way on some occasions when he did drive and, and picked up a few putbacks that way. Um, he did a really good job attacking off the bounce like fast, but under control. It was really, uh, really a control game. And you could hear the Fox Sports Detroit broadcasters were super impressed with Aaron Gordon throughout the game. And, and it just felt like very natural flow of work for him. I mean, 25 points in 25 minutes, a team high plus 22. Again, individual plus, plus minus, not the most important thing in the world. But Gordon was, was very, very good. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are really, I'm really high on Gordon. A lot of people are really excited about what Gordon can be this summer or this season. Um, this was a really positive game for Aaron Gordon. Uh, you know, I think that he did a good job defensively on Blake Griffin. Granted, uh, the the Pistons didn't run a lot for Blake Griffin. He was only one for four, and that three and the one shot that Griffin made was a contested three over Gordon. Uh, so I, I I had no problem with Aaron Gordon's defense. But again, I don't think Detroit was really attacking with Blake Griffin very much. So I don't want to don't want to overblow overblow his defense at all. I don't think Detroit's strategy was to was to kind of play their normal. Uh, normal shot distribution. But overall, uh, you know, Aaron has been really impressive, I think, in these two games. And I think that's a really good sign for Orlando for obvious reasons. Another guy who was super impressive was Jonathan Isaac. 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Just filling up the stat sheet. If you're playing fantasy basketball, you know, I wouldn't expect stat lines like that from Jonathan Isaac all the time, but he's a guy that's going to get stats everywhere. He's going to fill up a lot of those columns, and Isaac was just really active. Um, I think a lot of his scoring kind of came late in the game when when the Pistons took out their best players, but overall, you know, and, and I think Isaac still has to work on getting a solid base on his jump shot. I felt like a lot of his jumpers, uh, the ones that he missed, came because he, he wasn't settled, like he was just rushing through his progression, and I think there's there's a little bit more consistency with his jump shot. I think he is a better jump shooter. Um, but it's just going to be about mechanics with him, I think. I think it's going to be about yes, establishing a strong base 
Um, he's taller than a lot of guys, so he doesn't have to rush through his shot really ever because he can shoot over most guys that he's going to be going up against. Uh, but I, I think that Isaac still has to work a little bit more on his consistency with his lower body on his shot because I think a lot of his shots were pulled or, or missed long because he just didn't have the base under him to, to get the shot going. So uh, I think that there's still work to do on his jumper. Um, but overall, you know, again, you can't complain too much. I thought he did a really good job attacking off the dribble. Uh, I think his, his ball handling is a lot better this year than it was last year, and he's using that to create passing opportunities. And Isaac's still a guy that's going to run the floor, and when he runs the floor hard, he's going to be found, especially if he's playing with a guy like Marco Fultz. I mean, Fultz, we'll talk about him here in a moment. His assists and his passing is just really, really, really good, and, and I think players are going to find ways to take advantage of that, especially in transition. And Isaac was certainly one guy that took advantage of that throughout the game. Um, and he made some nice plays and some nice passes throughout too because Isaac still isn't playing ab- above himself. He's not you know, going wild into the lane looking for his own shot. He's still under control. And the fact that a guy his size can dribble in traffic under control is really, really special. But still the special thing about Jonathan Isaac is his defense. And it can't get captured in the numbers. His defense is really, really good. Like I, I'm, I, 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 I watched a replay. I watched the game live, and then I watched a replay of the game. Watching Jonathan Isaac play defense, it, I, I just hope everyone can appreciate how special it is to have a guy who's 21, 22 years old, who just gets defense the way that he does. It is exceedingly rare to have a guy that just plays defense at this high of a level at this young of an age. It just does not happen. Defense is the hardest thing for a player to learn in the NBA, and Isaac just gets it. There was a play, I mean, he blocked a shot early on that was just, he got he got beat, and he was able to recover and block the shot and deflect it out of bounds. There was a charge that he took. Um, there, there have been several plays, even in the San Antonio game, where he switches on to guys and just suffocates the entire offensive play. Isaac is, I am really impressed with him. So far, I don't know if the numbers or the offensive numbers will show just how much he's improved over the course of the year. I think there'll still be some ups and downs with him this year, but his defense is legitimately very good, and I think teams are going to have to account for him defensively a lot more than anything else. The other player who had a second really nice game was Mo Bamba. 13 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Bamba's offense is really is, is coming along really nicely. I don't think the Magic are asking him to do too much. It's a lot of pick and rolls, pick and pops, and, and, and running the floor and rim running. And, and I think that's fine. I think that's all you need for Mo Bamba this year. He's going to have to find his spots. And when he gets his opportunity, he's going to have to make those shots. And I think his shot is legitimately very, very good. And I think that's going to make him a huge weapon for this team, regardless of what role he plays. So I, I think the offensive part for Mo Bamba is fine. The defensive part is coming along. I think his his defensive recognition is a lot better. I think that he has shown a lot of his strength and his improved strength, and that's helped him be a better defender. And I think as he continues to understand positioning and, and, and defensive rotations, he will become a bigger force defensively. But I think one play really sums up my thoughts on Mo Bamba in this game. There was a play in the, I want to say the third quarter, where... The Pistons are trying to get the ball to Andre Drummond. So Drummond comes on a cross screen. And Bamba beat, is able to beat Drummond to the spot. And so he's able to push Drummond all the way out to the free throw line extended, maybe to the top of the circle, to catch the ball. 
And that's really good. Bamba would not have done that last year. He was able to kind of dislodge Drummond, who's a big guy, uh, and force him to come all the way out off his spot to catch the ball. That's that's a really big thing. And I, I don't think Bamba would have done that last year. I don't think Bamba would have had the strength to move Drummond that much uh, last year. But Drummond then was able to back down Bamba and get all the way to the basket and score. So while I think Bamba has improved strength and that's going to help him a lot, he still has work to do. He still has work to go. So I think I think people who are you know watching these preseason games or looking at these box scores and saying that Bamba is ready to kind of take that next step, I'm not there with you yet. I think he definitely needs a full year coming off the bench uh, for this team and, and before we really can begin to evaluate what where his future is and what his future might hold. But uh, I think this role will be really good for him. And, and I and I you know I don't think the Magic will have the same injury luck as last year. So I think there will be opportunities for spot starts throughout the year. I mean, not to say that Nikola Vucevic is going to miss a, miss a ton of games. But I think that Orlando is going to manage Vucevic a little bit more this year than they did last year. Of course, Vucevic played in 80 games last year. Really only missed one for injury. The other one was for uh, uh, for, for, for paternity leave. Um, but I, I I think that Bamba will get his opportunity and, and they'll, he'll get tested at, at some point uh, in that role. But I think that overall Bamba has looked very good but still obviously needs uh, some room to grow. Of course, the other young player that everyone is talking about is Mark Hilfoltz. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm still cautious because I don't want to go overboard with the Mark Hilfoltz analysis. I don't want to do a game-by-game thing. I don't want to critique every little thing about Mark Hilfoltz because I, I think that's, A, kind of how he got stuck in the situation that he was with in Philadelphia in some ways. And B, I, I don't think that serves him well. Um, you know, I, I think that He's a guy that you have to expect is going to have some rust and is going to have some struggles and is going to, uh, you know, be difficult at times uh, and, and have some ups and downs. So I don't want to, I, I don't, you know, I, I want to caution everyone and say, you know, don't overreact to anything Markel Fultz does, good or bad, because it's about finding your level. It's about finding your medium. This preseason, at least this early part of the preseason, is about getting him out on the floor getting him back to game conditioning, getting him back more to game speed. Having said all that, it is hard not to pay attention to Markel Fultz on the floor. When he is out there, generally, I would say, good things are happening. And yeah, there are mistakes, and, and, and there are things that he needs to clean up, so I'm not, I'm not going to be glowing about him all the time in, in every way, but for a guy who hasn't played in a year, in two games, he is fit right back in. He slid right back into the NBA level. And again, yeah, competition's maybe not the elite competition. But he is playing at a very high level. And I think we should all be very, very impressed with Markel Fultz so far. Fultz's final stat line in this, eight points, four for 10 shooting, four rebounds, seven assists, four turnovers uh, in 21 minutes. Just uh, again, not a killer outing stats-wise, but very, very solid. I, I think that Fultz is still getting comf- getting comfortable out on the floor, but you kind of see him find his rhythm as the game goes on, which I think is really good. He gets better as the game goes on, I think. When he first enters the game, you can see he's a little bit cautious, perhaps, or you know, trying to feel his way into things, and, and it takes him a while to get his jumper going. But he can get that going. He's got that, that quick turnaround. And when he feels confident, you see him ready and willing to attack. What most impressed me about Markel Fultz 
was not the shot because he was, he was I mean he was able to hit shots relatively consistently and he's creative finishing around the basket. I don't think he has that timing around the basket quite yet. And I think when he gets that down, that's going to be a big part of his game because he can he can get to the rim. What's what's big for me so far with Fultz is he's very good at driving into the lane, keeping his dribble alive in traffic and escaping, but also at working around the defense. There were several times where he was able to get into the paint, draw a couple defenders from big defenders, and he was able to loft the ball over to Mo Bamba or slide the ball around to, to Jonathan Isaac or to Aaron Gordon or whoever. Those seven assists were all really well-earned. And in transition, he is, as good, he is as good as anyone the Magic have. And I like what Marco, Michael Carter-Williams has done this preseason, but uh, Marco Fultz just, he, he has a good flow to his game. Um, and, and and I think that I, I think that 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 Fultz is developing and playing at the right pace for now. I'm okay with the turnovers. Some of those are just timing awareness turnovers, and those have to get fixed. And the big thing I think defensively is he has to understand defensive positioning a little bit better. He ball watches a little bit too much. Uh, and so I think that's going to be things that he works on. But just being out on the floor again, it, it's again, Hard not to pay attention to Markel Fultz. And I think that's a really, really good sign. Other notable games, Nikola Vucevic, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 4 for 10 shooting. Struggled a little bit with Drummond. His, his timing on his shots isn't quite there yet, but I don't worry about him. He's a veteran. He knows how to get himself ready for camp. I'm sure that he will be fine by the time the regular season rolls around. Evan Fournier, 5 points, 2 for 7 shooting, 3 assists, 2 steals. Solid game, just, you know, shot... Wasn't quite there. Again, veteran player. I don't worry about him getting himself into in, into game readiness mode. Um, Terrence Ross, nine points, three for six shooting. Orlando shoots forty five and a half percent, so they struggle a little bit from the from the field, um, which is good adversity to have. They're able to pull through it. End up shooting fifteen to thirty five from beyond the arc for forty two point nine percent. Could get to the line a little bit more. Ten for fifteen free throw shooting. But I I think what's really impressive about the Magic, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, their ball movement is really really at a high level already. They, they know where each other are. They're moving the ball really well. And I think that's keying a lot of these big runs, these big spurts that the Magic have because the Magic are just ahead of the game. And I think that's the big takeaway from these two, two, two preseason games so far and leaves the next big question of where do they go next. The Orlando Magic throughout, the, throughout training camp and throughout the preseason uh, are... Ahead of the game in some ways. They've talked a lot about the continuity and the familiarity that they have with each other and how much that's going to help them. They all said kind of in training camp they already know a lot of the plays. Yeah, there are new new things to install, but they know a lot of the defensive terminology. They know a lot of the plays. They were able to hit the ground running in training camp. And again, I think Steve Clifford, that first day of practice, was really trying to, to focus the team in a little bit and not just ease into the season, just get back to good habits early on. I, I, I think... I think the Magic could have had a killer practice that first day and Clifford would have said the practice wasn't what he wanted because he wants to send that message that it's about the consistency of approach. And, and, and by all accounts, the Magic have had that and the results are out on the court that the Magic are playing at a very, very high level. You can see a lot of that familiarity and continuity in the assist numbers. Orlando totaled 32 assists on 45 field goals in their preseason game. 32 assists. And these aren't, you know, 
these aren't bad assists. These are next pass assists. These are drive and kick assists. These are, they know what's going on. They know how to play, how they need to play, and are executing at a very high level, a much higher level than you would expect for the preseason. Again, second preseason game, the Magic had 12 turnovers. I, I think they only had 15 in the first preseason game. That's a game that you expect 20 turnovers, and you stomach it, you don't like it, but you're not surprised by it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Orlando's done a good job protecting the ball. They've done a good job moving the ball. And really, you know, only Mark L. Fultz, who hasn't played in the years, turning the ball over at a extremely high rate. DJ Augustin had, I think, four in Saturday's game. So, I mean, it's... It's not perfect by any means. I'm not saying the Magic are regular season ready. But the Magic look far and away ahead of the San Antonio Spurs, a team that does have a lot of familiarity, and they sat a lot of guys on Saturday, and the Detroit Pistons playing their first preseason game of the year yesterday, or Monday. The Magic look ahead of everyone. They look like they understand what they're doing. They're more organized. They have better purpose of play, to use Coach Clifford's buzzwords, than their opponents at the moment. When the Magic schedule came out and and recognizing that the Magic had a a, a, a virtually the same roster, I think we all understand and understood that Orlando would have to get off to a hot start. They would have to start fast if they wanted to achieve, you know, whatever outside goals that, that we might set for them. Especially with the way the schedule set up. Building confidence early and building a cushion early was going to be pretty important. That's our focus, not the team's focus, of course, because the team is kind of focused on the day-to-day stuff. And we certainly felt like it was possible because of all these factors. But now that we're sitting here in the preseason, I can say the Magic do look further along and further ahead in their development than everyone else. And so the question that I have, the thing that I want to know, is what comes next. Yes, you're ahead of everyone now, but eventually everyone's going to catch up. Eventually, everyone will start to get that offensive rhythm and timing and, and understand how they need to play. So the magic, starting from maybe level one above level zero where everyone else is, the magic now have to get to level two probably before everyone else, or they should be able to get there before everyone else. The Magic should be able to stay ahead in their kind of team development and synergy, you would think. And maybe they won't be able to really get to that work until after Sunday's game when they'll have a couple days of practice before the preseason finale against the Heat. These preseason games are coming fast right now. And so... The Magic are in a good spot for the second preseason game. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I, I really like how the Magic look, and I expect them to get better. I expect them to continue this progression. There might be a game where they have a little bit of a setback, and I would honestly say that 
yes, I, I think that Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, and at times even Aaron Gordon are kind of approaching these games with preseason intensity. I, I do kind of sense that there are long stretches that I'm sure drive Coach Clifford crazy that the Magic are playing preseason basketball. But then he snaps them into attention and you see a team that is blowing out teams that have that preseason basketball approach. The Orlando Magic, again, are not regular season ready. I want to make that perfectly clear. They've got a lot of work to do still this preseason. No doubt about that. But the progress they've shown and the steps they have taken this year already show me a team that understands the challenge ahead of them is serious about attacking that challenge and has already put in a ton of work to get there. What's going to be important is to recognize that these are just preseason games. That as well as the Magic have played, as good as the Magic have looked, their opponents will get better, and so they must get better. They must continue to raise their game, to raise their intensity. And, you know, maybe that doesn't happen until the games really start to count. Maybe... The team under maybe especially the veteran players understand that they need to pace themselves a little bit here. Get their work in, do you know, ratchet it up when they have to, but still, but still kind of keep things in perspective. But the one thing I think we can safely say after two preseason games is the Magic are ahead of the game. The Magic are ahead of their opponents, the Magic are ahead of the curve. And now they have to keep pushing forward. They can't be satisfied with that. Because there is still a lot of work to do before the season starts. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross from Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.